Okay, our reading this morning starts, or is from Matthew, chapter 5. It's the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds. And glorify your Father in heaven. What a fantastic piece of scripture. And it sets the scene for what I want to talk about this morning. Because we come to the last in a, in a ten week program. Uh, about, and, and so we're on to believing in transforming. We believe in transforming. We believe the church transforms. We believe that God transforms us. And I want to, you know, we all want to live, don't we? We want to live in a world where we're cared for, where we're supported, where we're loved. We want the the poor to be supported. We want the marginalised to be cared for. We want the world to be a better place than it is. And that's the vision that we need to be looking for, because that's what we're set out to do. That is exactly what the church is for. The church being the people, not the building, not the place you go on a Sunday, but you and me. So for the last nine weeks, we've been going through some kind of foundational blocks that we need to know and need to be in order that the church can be a transforming thing. Who can remember those nine things? Just shout them out. Sorry? Support, yeah, believing, yeah, absolutely. You remember, right back in January, we're fantastic. Sorry, supporting we've had. Worshipping. Worshipping, absolutely. Praying. Sorry? Giving, yeah. Praying we've had. Remembering. 
<laughs> That's from an elder. Thank you. <laughs> serving. serving, absolutely. Where are we got serving? Witnessing. Witnessing. Thank you. We're nearly there. Supporting. Supporting. We've had. Yeah, but it wasn't one of our. <laughs> absolutely, you're right. <laughs> Belonging. Thank you. Hooray, we got one more. Or maybe I missed it. Sorry? No, well, yeah, transforming, yeah. But. Roger says he thinks we'd have him. I've missed learning then. Has someone mentioned learning? Ah, uh, well, that's my fault. I missed it as it was coming out like that, so. Well, well done. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And if you missed any of those talks, can I just say it's worth going online and listening to them or watching it, depending on what's your preference. Because I missed the one on giving that David gave the other week. I I listened to it online. I was blessed. I thought, wow, what a way of, what a loving way of, of approaching that whole difficult thing about what you do with your money. You know, they say the last, the last thing that gets converted when you become a Christian is your wallet. That's what they say. <clears throat> Difficult subject. Very well done. Thank you, David. I commend it to you if you didn't, if you didn't hear it. You know, as, as Roger said the other week, we're always learners. You know, and if we, if we give up on that, then we lose. We actually, what, what, I mean, I'm, I come from a business background and they say if, if you stop changing, you go backwards. And I think that's the same in our spiritual lives too. If we stop learning, if we stop pushing it, if we stop digging into God, we go backwards. And you know, I, I remember there was a book came out, I guess it was early 2000, something like that. And uh, it was a, written by a guy called John Ortenberg. It said, the t- but to be honest, the book was rubbish. I wouldn't recommend the book. The title was fantastic. It said, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out the boat. Yeah? And that's what I want to talk about today. Might not be your taste in music, but there's a very strong message in it. We can only change the world when we're prepared to be changed ourselves. And our word, this word, changes us when we read it, when we get into it, when we do what God says. You know, we've got to live out all those values that we believe in. Yeah? So we've done those nine things. We start by believing, and then worshipping, praying, belonging, serving, witnessing, learning, supporting, and finally transforming. We've got to live it out. It's not just an academic process. It's not just a learning. It's not just something that you hear on a Sunday morning. It's something we've got to live out the rest of our lives. At the end of the um, at the end of the passage in in uh, in, in Matthew, it it talks about the kingdom. And there's another... Because the kingdom of God is bigger than the church. 
the kingdom. And Jesus talks about the kingdom. He, uh, he says the kingdom is near. You know, so many times he says the kingdom is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of God is near. And yet, <clears throat> it's kind of a nebulous thing. We can't really grab a hold of it. And we're going to go a bit deeper this evening. But what I want to say is that when we go out and do what we think we're supposed to be doing for God, then the kingdom is near. Because it's when those things are happening for Jesus, on Jesus, then that is the kingdom is happening here and now. But of course the kingdom is here and also not here. It will never be the full kingdom of what he talks about. But right now, we can see the kingdom when we get out there and we do what he asks us to do. So how do we change the, church, change the world? Be the change. Because as it's said in that song, we can't force others to change. What we can do is set an example. What we can do is be different. You know, it says um, in, in Matthew 5, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything. So if we lose our saltiness in that metaphor, we're worthless. We are the light to the world. That's the next section in there. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone. We, we are the light of the world. If we allow him to be, if we allow that to actually work out within us. You might be sat there thinking, but I'm not worth anything. I can't stand up there and talk like you, like you do. And that's, you know, you are worth a huge amount to God. You may not be able to stand up here. That's okay. We, we work together. It's a team. So to, to use a world metaphor, we use teams a lot. Um, we work together. We're all different bits of it. But if we use a biblical metaphor, we use... The idea of the body. Uh, that we're the body. And it, and it doesn't matter which bit you are, you're just as important because the thing can't work without it. The team can't work without you. Uh, and, and inevitably, we can do more together than we could ever, ever do. You are so important. Don't listen to that small voice of doubt. Listen to the big voice of truth that's in this world that says you are worthy you are heirs with Jesus you are sons and heirs you are brothers and sisters with Christ you are adopted into his family there are so many promises you're a part of all of this take your part we are the light of the world be the change do you believe it? do you believe that at all? do you believe we are? Get nothing back from you. Yeah? No? Maybe? <laughs> but it's hard, isn't it? I think. You're kind of like, how can you change the world? It sounds impossible, yes? It sounds absolutely impossible. But you know, it's not as difficult as it looks. Because we're all passionate about something. We all have a passion within our heart. And you know what? God put it there. You know? The message 
for today, uh, from Tear Fund on Thursday, I was chatting with David Holman in the week. We went for a coffee. Um, The message today from Tear Fund on Thursday was, I'll read it to you. In my experience, Christians can get a little too obsessed over the idea of calling. We can drive ourselves to distraction by constantly wondering what God's purpose is for our lives. Perhaps there's another more helpful question you can ask yourself. What makes your soul sing? I love it. I thought, what a lovely phrase. What makes your soul sing? Because what makes your soul sing is something you really want to do. And God wants you to do the things you really want to do. He really does. Obviously, that needs to be based in what? He wants for you. But he puts those passions within you. So it's not so difficult as you think. Because your part is that bit that he's given you. The gift that he's given you. And that's so important. You know sometimes people say to Tori and I. Gosh you're just amazing. And and you're mad as well. We get both. Um, And and I probably agree, agree with the mad bit. I'm not so good. I don't agree with the amazing thing. But you know what. You know, we, we adopted five children, we've travelled the world with most of them, um, and it's all been God. And it started as this, I'll tell you a little story. <clears throat> we, we went to... We went to one of these Bible con- conferences, and um, we're just enjoying the worship and what have you on. And on, I think it's the last night or the night before the last night. I think it's the night before the last day. Um, they have a giving night. And, uh, and they always used to. It's finished as this conference now. They don't do it anymore. Um, we were along there. It was the first time I'd been along. Tori had been for a couple of years. And I'd been f- kind of fighting it and struggling with church, to be totally honest. Um, and, and I was kind of coming back in. God was drawing me back in again. And this is in the early, it was about 2001. Um, and so the, we were actually separated on, the, on that day. I was kind of at one end of a row and Tori was at the, uh, almost the other end of a row in this auditorium with five, six, seven thousand people. Actually, maybe more than that, thinking about it. But massive thing. And uh, we're worshipping God and they're talking about giving to the work of the church. Uh, And God said to me, you need to give X amount of money. And I thought, that's mad. That's crazy. We haven't got that money. And, uh, but it was a real conviction. You know, sometimes you just know my heart was beating. I just knew something was going on, that God was really speaking. So I kind of made my way across the Tory. And I said, you know, I think God's speaking here. I think he wants us to give... An outrageous amount of money. Um, for us, that was. We didn't have lots of money at the time. And, um, and she said a value. And I said, but God's saying to do, give that each. And, uh, and she said, well, if you think that's right, we'll, we'll do that. So, of course, we had no way, you know, we're not carrying checkbooks, we're not, uh, uh, and, uh, and pin cards and stuff were only just, you know, you didn't have those then. Uh, um, so we just we wrote a promissory note we, that we would give so much money to the organisation. So we got, get home at the end of the week, and, um, and we're there, 
and, uh, and, and so I think it was Monday morning, it gets to Sunday night, Monday morning, and then we better write that cheque. Okay. And we know that basically that's coming out of borrowed money. We had an overdraft. We were able to use the overdraft. I got a good job and I knew that it'd be paid off over a number of months. You know, my money would come in and it would pay it and we'd, we'd be short the next month. But, you know, over a few months we'd be able to pay it back. So it wasn't like it was, oh my goodness, you know, we couldn't pay it. But, but really, it was massive for us. So I set off to work. I got uh, where we lived at the time. We lived in, uh, in a little village outside Blandford. We're driving. Down, I'm driving down this little road um, on the outskirts of Blandford. Came around a corner. There's a bus smack in the middle of the road. You know, so what do I do now? Hit the brake. The car just spun because uh, it was just outside a farm, and of course there's mud and slurry on the floor. And I slid into this bus and wrote the car off. So I don't know. About four hours later, after going to A and E, because I managed to. Put 19 stitches down my arm as I scraped it along the bus. Um, it was fine, really. It was just a big cut. We gets back home and Tori says, "Should we put this check in the post? Because we know somehow we've got to buy a car now, and we don't have loads of money, and we're just using some of that borrowing that we have got to get to to pay this off." I was thinking, oh, "Man, that's a hard decision." And we went. And I said, I just said, look, we made a promise to God, we've got to honour it. So the cheque went in the post right there and then, because we knew that if we left it hanging around much longer, we'd probably rip it up. What I want to say is, I'm not, we don't want to make doctrine out of giving money that you don't have, right? It's not a good idea. But if God says it, then, then that's okay. But what we found when we did that one thing, was that God started doing things. It's like being obedient to the small things. I mean, for us, that was, it was massive. But, but do you get what I mean? He's, he's told you to do something to do it. Being obedient in that started off a whole chain of events. At that point, we had two children. A lovely boy and a girl, uh, our two biological children. We were blessed. We had a nice house. Uh, it was an ex-council house. It was a nice house in Blanford. And... Uh, had a good job, all those kind of things. And you kind of go... Very soon after that, God took us into adoption. We adopted first one child from Cambodia and then two, two more from Cambodia. We ended up working in Cambodia. It was the start, that, doing that little thing that I knew we could do because I had a good job and I knew I could pay it off. And so often God tests your faith in something that, it, that you know you can do. Because that opens up bigger faith. You trust him in more. So what I'm saying is don't go out and do silly things. But do, do what God says. And when we're doing stuff like that, we need a church family to support us. And that's what the whole of this uh, you know, 10 week course has been about. It's been about getting those foundations so the church works well. Because then we're strong enough to go out into the world and do stuff for him. To do new things. And we've got to remember. That it's a family. Not an organisation. It's not a building. It's not an organisation. It's a family. And it's got the oddballs. And I'm one of them. Yeah? And that's okay. It's alright. I say, I say to my son often. I say, oh, I, say to my, I have a joke with him all the time. I'll say, yeah, 
you're a strange little man. And uh, actually, it's a quote from one of the Toy Story films from years ago. And, uh, and, and one of the main characters says to the other one, what a strange little man. So I use that to him. He loves the, he loves the story, so that's all right. He knows it's that. But then we talk about, but we're all a little bit strange, aren't we? Are we not? Don't you think? You know, none of us is normal. We're all a bit odd. And that's okay. God made us that way. And it's fine. It's good. But it's what, what is your passion? What is God asking you go to, to go towards? Is it football? It's not mine. It really isn't mine. I, I don't watch football. don't do anything to do that. But you know what? If you're, a, if you're into football, if you're into football, you've got a, a, a common value and a common interest that many, many people will talk to you about. You know, if you're talking about who won last night or who, you know, where, how England's doing or, or whatever, or the rugby or that kind of stuff, it's a way in to chat with people. I can't do that, but I know Roger can. And lots of you can. And it, but when you have those conversations, you can take it into, you know, I don't know whether you saw in the news, it was in January, Liverpool, Liverpool, the Liverpool player, Robert Firmini, who became a Christian, very vocally, very, very bright, being baptised. See, you can take it into God from, a, from, from just chatting about the football last night or today. But you might be a carer. You might be someone who, who, who loves to care for people, to support people, to, to give them an opportunity to do something they couldn't do. That's so, so important. You might be a prayer. Yes, absolutely. We all need to pray into God. You might be one of these who gets on your knees and you've got the time to do that. Fantastic. You might be fantastic at finance like Liz. You know, we are so blessed by Liz, who's hiding, I think, out the back somewhere. Um, for doing the finances for us. You know, it's whatever makes your soul sing. Then you can step out for God. You know, I love the Bridge magazine. Did you see the Bridge magazine? I meant to have it with me. Um, I'm going to need some help now. Did you see what it said? Roger stood in front of a, a, a fire engine. It says... Is it passionate about changing and saving lives? What a strap line, isn't it? Better than ours? What do you reckon? What do you reckon? I think, George, I think Roger's you know, up for changing it. I don't know. Together, we can achieve far more than any one of us can do. Just be yourself. Has any of you watched any of you watched the film The, the Two Popes? Yeah. yeah, I I was really blessed by it. I just thought it was a, a, a just a, an interesting picture of what actually happened when there ended up being actually you know a pope who hadn't died who'd resigned. But there's this little bit in it that I just loved. The the pope at the time and the cardinal who was to become pope are talking, and uh, and the pope at the time sort of says, well. You know, you, you, you're so popular you are, you know, it's just, you know, I've never had that. I'm, you know, I'm not like that, you know, you, but you're so popular. You're about to get it, you know, you're about to get, get it next time. And, uh, and the guy just says, you know what, I just try and be myself. And it just spoke straight to my heart. That's what all that God asks us to be. And we can transform the world when we be ourselves.
So my challenge to you today is to take some time, some time this week, to think about what you do every day or what you do every week. And think about, out of those things, what are the things that are for God, for building the kingdom? Because the kingdom is much bigger than the church. We're not just about talking about church things. We're talking about being out there. It might be your job. Some of us are called into jobs that are, that, that are doing the work of the kingdom. That, 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 that's absolutely fine. Some of us, it's praying. Some of us, I mean, there's just a whole load of different things. But what I'm asking you to do is just to take a little bit of time. Give yourself ten minutes. Think about it. Because I think, you know, we do the things we want to do. Now, it might be you find at the end of your week, you don't feel like you've done anything you really wanted to do this week. Well, in which case, we need to change some things, don't we? Focus on God a little bit more and do some of the things that make your soul sing. And then do it.